0: The whole church said, yeah. All right, yeah, next week, no service. So if you show up, there won't be anyone here, and you'll be really upset because there won't be any donuts, more importantly. <laughs> um, every Christmas season, I think sometimes, every Christmas season, I realize, like, sometimes you hear the same message over and over. Has anyone ever been to that church where it's just like every year? Every Christmas you walk in and you, ex- and you like come with like, I'm going to hear the same thing that he preached last year. And he's going to have the same emphasis and the same things. And so um, that's one thing about here is just I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want people to walk in expecting me to preach the same thing I preached last year. That's why I was like, God, give us a fresh word. Even if there's only like five people there, give us a fresh word that just, you know, changes our entire perspective for this holiday season. And not only just the holiday, uh, holiday season, but for the rest of our lives. Because people constantly say, oh, Jesus is the reason for the season. No, bump that. Jesus is bigger than this season. He's Jesus is the reason for my life. You know, we need to get that out of our mind. Oh, he's the reason for the season. No, no, no. Bump this season. The season's gonna go. Seasons change, but Christ is eternal and He's consistent for. Yeah, I came with that fire today. Yeah, he's, he's He's consistent forever, forever, ever. Jesus is more than the reason for the season. Uh, you know. And Anyone ever play the game Dirty Santa? or white elephant, whatever you want to call it. Anyone ever play that game? And this is not a part of the message, but this is just something that was on my mind. Um, And what happens in that game is that someone picks a gift, right? Typically a gift you don't like. If you're a guy, it's just like, oh, you got a gift card to Bed Bath and Body Works. Like, great. Bath and Body Works and beyond. Um, (laughs) And so uh, you get it, or you get something that you don't like, and you're like, and what's the rule yeah. that if you don't like it, you get one switch, right? Anyone, anyone ever hate that? Where you get something and then sometimes you're that person that gets a good, good gift. And you're like, oh, don't let anyone see this, Jesus. Let, it, let everyone forget that I got this gift. And someone sees it and they're like, you, switch. And you're like, oh, and by the end of the night, like the good gift always gets passed like seven different times, you know? And then that one person ends up to be lucky, the last person. You're like, dang, like, they got my gift. And then afterwards, you try to talk to them and convict them in the Holy Spirit. Hey, man, did you know my family really needed that this holiday season? You know? Um, no, and so it's just like dirty Santa. And I realized, you know, I, I understand it's just like what happened during the Christmas season is that Jesus did the same thing. Ooh, you're not ready for that. Right? Because God saw our sin on the cross. He saw the, that that nobody wanted, and he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to trade my son. You see, I'm going to switch it around. I'll take that sin. I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take that pain. I'll take it. And I'm going to send you guys my son. Because guess what? That, you guys are walking away with the better gift. Who plays the game to lose? Nobody. Nobody plays the game to lose, and yet God was like, no, no, no. I'm going to take the deficit on, and you're going to get my son. You're going to walk out with the best gift. Ooh, y'all not ready for this today. I came, I came in ready and because I don't, I don't want to end the year off with just a, a, another sermon, another message. I just don't wanna roll out the year, just like, all right, we're just gonna roll out the year in silence. No, 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 I wanna end the year in power, and I wanna end the year in the Spirit, because I believe the way you end something is significant to the way you start something. And so when we start January 2020, we're gonna start in power of the Holy Spirit saying, God, 2019, I barely made it. I almost died. But guess what? I'm rolling into 2020 alive because you pulled me out of the grave. You pulled me out of that situation. You pulled me out of that circumstances. And guess what? I'm not going to let the world define what success is. I'm going to let you define what success is. So 2020, come on. I'm rolling with the spirit. And so uh, I'm going to be very clear with you guys. I hope you every holiday season, I think we're always looking for something, right? Right? It's just a part of it. It's just a part of it. You could raise your hand. You could not raise your hand. Every time Christmas comes around, we're always looking for something, whether it be a gift, whether it be a boo for some of y'all, you know, whether it be a feeling. We're always looking for it. We're always like, okay, you know, guys, we're like last minute Christmas shopping, you know, it's just like Sometimes it's like, hey, what'd you get me? It's just like, I got you a card. And it's in the mail. And Amazon is on their way. Amen? Amen. And some of you guys are like, what'd you get me? It's just like, this gift card right here was a blessing from God. I just pulled it off the rack. And so we're always looking for something. We're always searching for something. And I want to be clear. I hope you find whatever you're looking for this Christmas season. But know this. Know this: Whatever you find, if it isn't wrapped up in Jesus, you'll be looking for it again next year. As a matter of fact, you might be looking for it again next month. Whatever you're looking for, so the title of this message is called "Did You Find What You Were Looking For?" Turn to your neighbor and say, "Did you find what you were looking for?" <laughs> Turn to another neighbor and be like, "Nope, I didn't find it yet." <laughs> Did you find? what you were looking for? Did you find what you were looking for? You ever start looking for something and like you're looking for it and you're looking for it and you know that gratification when you find it you're like ah you know like here it is I found it go me you know and so you're just really excited. Do you want to know one of the most disappointing feelings ever in life, ever, is when you're looking for something and you know what color it is and you know what sound it makes and you know the smell of it. You're like, mmm, you know. You, you, Some of you, come on, you guys are with me. You guys know this. Like, when you go to Honey Baked Ham, amen, no, everyone's on a diet, lies, you know, and you smell and you walk in and you're like, mmm, or when, like I went to Costco the other day and their bakery smell just hit me and you're just like, yes, Christmas time. This is it right here. And so you're always looking for something. But one of the most disappointing things, one of the most saddening things, one of the most things that will break you is the, when you're looking for something and then you don't find it, and what do we do? We settle. We settle. We settle for the thing that we want to look What's it's like, well, if I can't find it, I guess I'll, I guess I'll just get this one but you don't even walk away with that, that satisfaction of like, I found what I was looking for. You just walk away very, almost like defeated. Like This isn't what I was looking for. I didn't want a fluffy dog, I wanted a fluffy kitten. Like, this, this isn't it. If some of you guys remember back in the day when the Phantom came out, everyone, was a, it's a beautiful car, and so everyone who could afford a Phantom got a Phantom, and then whoever couldn't afford a Phantom they got what looked like a phantom which was a chrysler 300 right anyone remember that you guys with me right you remember seeing a bunch of chrysler 300s rolling around you were like that's not that's not you i know you're trying to do something but that's not it that's not it and so we settle we settle why do we settle because we don't believe that we we can get whatever we're looking for and so we're just like you know what? we'll just settle in our lives, some of us have settled for jobs that really weren't for us. Some of us have settled with partners that really weren't for us because we don't believe that we deserve better. We don't believe that God can answer each and every one of our prayers. And so what do we do? We settle. We just say, okay, I guess I'll take this. But listen. That's not the spirit of a pioneer. That's not the heart of God. The God when God sent Jesus, that wasn't a settle. Okay, when God sent Jesus, God didn't settle on on animal sacrifices. He didn't say, "Wow." there's a problem of sin in this world so i'm just going to settle with that goat. No, no, no. He's like, i'm going to send my one and only son, my one and only son because he will be the final sacrifice forever and i'm not just going to settle. So i want to tell you, do not settle. I know it's at the we're at the end of 2019 and we're going into 2020. Change in your mind right now. Do not settle for something that you can get on your own. Settle don't don't settle for that because it won't bring you happiness and you're going to be looking again, but trust in God and be like, and say God, i God, I'm, I, know, I know you have something for me. I don't know what it is, and I know, you know what? I know the vision for my life, and I'm not going to settle because anything that looks similar to it but is not it is from the enemy, so I'm not going to settle. Don't settle. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't settle. This is not the season to settle. You can search... Any other religion, you can look in the Buddhist religion, you can look in the Hindu religion, you can look in, in any other religion, no religion has, has, has a, a baby, a savior to come down as a baby and to die on the cross, none. You can look, I've looked for you, I've done the work. God didn't settle with sacrifices, he didn't say, okay, I guess that'll be enough. He said, no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to finish sin once and for all, and we're going to prepare a way for my kids to come talk to me. He didn't settle I didn't, uh, don't settle, don't settle. We want to cut out settling. We could leave, we could, this is, not, this is not settler's church. It's pioneer church. We're starting something new. We're, we're, we're starting something different. We do things different. This is not a settler's church. If you come to this church and you're like, well, I'm just going to sit here every Sunday and I'm not going to get involved and I'm not going to talk to anybody, but then I might complain on Facebook and why no one's talking to me. This is not a settling church. No, 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 this is a, this is a moving church. There's a spirit in this church. And his name is Jesus. Like, when we talk, when we talk about it, there are three, three times in the, in the Bible and, and during the birth of Christ, around the birth of Christ, where there are people looking for something. They were looking for something. And they didn't settle until they found it. If you guys want to turn with me to Luke 2, everyone with me? Yeah? Everyone with me? There we go. All right. We got some life in here. That's what I'm talking about. In Luke 2, we're talking about the birth of Christ. they are talking about the birth and everything that was... I'm going to read it. Um, I'm going to read most of the chapter. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is the first census that took place while Quirinius was government of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. Uh, And I'm sure some of you guys know the backstory. and if you don't, um, Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit created life in her, and that was scandalous. Okay, that was scandalous because she was engaged, and she was pregnant, and Joseph wasn't the daddy. What? It's almost like they can make a show about it, right? But don't you realize that any time grace is involved, that any time Jesus is involved, it always looks scandalous. It never looks like it should. Anytime like you're dealing with a sin or anytime you feel like you should pay for a sin that you were doing and God just comes and shows you grace and mercy, it's scandalous. Anytime Jesus has shown you love when you feel like you weren't deserving of love, it's scandalous. Anytime the world or your friends or your family has outcasted you for choosing righteousness, it's scandalous because you're walking out and say, you know what, that hurts. But guess what? Jesus loves me more than ever and I'm walking in his truth and that's scandalous. And she it says, while they were there, the time came for her to for a baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. Shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Because let's be honest, if some angel showed up in this atrium right here, right now. I'm dropping the mic, and I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, listen, we will have a prayer of forgiveness and be like, y'all, something for real is happening right now. And they were terrified. It says, but the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that is about to happen, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. These shepherds were Levitical priests, right? If you guys know anything about it, they were Levitical priests and shepherds weren't really in the, in, the, in the up and up of society. They were the bottom because remember the last time they didn't pick a shepherd, they left him outside and his name was David and he ended up being king. So they were the bottom. They were Levitical priests. The, their job was to watch sheep and be there and protect the sheep. As Levitical priests, they were to make sure because the sheep that they were raising were to be used as sacrifices. Right? Because when people sin, the sheep, they would get that sheep. They'd go to the Levitical priest, which were shepherds. Hey, we need a sheep without blemish. They'd say, all right, there goes old Bessie over there. She's got to go. Um, and so well, let me go get her. They'd bring the sheep. They'd have it as a sacrifice. But now that Jesus is born, the angels come to them and say, hey, we've got some really great news. Your Savior has been born in Bethlehem in a manger in a little shed. What I love about that scripture is that they didn't have to go looking in a house. They went to something that was common to them. They understood that Jesus wasn't in a house. He wasn't born in a house. He was born in a trough. And so these shepherds were like, you know what? We know what that looks like. We can find him. And so I want to tell you today that Jesus isn't always in the extraordinary, but sometimes he's in the ordinary of what you're used to. Some of us want to look for Jesus in these extraordinary moments, in these healings and signs and wonders and everything that's going on, but we miss him in the simple moments and the things that we understand. Pastor, what are you talking about? We miss him in our drive to work sometimes. We miss him at the office sometimes. We miss him in the things that we're so used to because they become so common to us. And so they they tell the shepherds, you're going to find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a trough. What a birthplace for a king. What a birthplace for a king. In a feeding trough? That's that's where we're going to find Jesus? You see... It says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Verse 17, it says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning that, excuse me, what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured these things and all her, and treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Imagine the shepherds coming up on this baby and all they had understand about the scriptures and they see this baby and one of them had to say, that's, that's him. That's, that's the last sacrifice we're gonna be out of a job soon because we're not gonna have to kill any more lambs this is the one who's gonna take away the sins of the world what a sight what a sight see I titled this did you find what you were looking for because as shepherds as the lower part of society they found what they were looking for. See, the shepherds weren't looking for it, but they found significance. Because look at the reaction, look at their emotion when they when they came up upon the Christ child. They, it says that they walked away excited and they were sharing with everyone everything that they've understood, everything that they saw. They found their significance. No longer did they feel like the bottom of society. No longer did they feel like a bunch of nobodies. But when they came upon Christ, when they met Jesus, there was significance. And I want to tell you something today. I don't know if you've met Jesus. I don't know if you have a relationship with him, but when you meet him, he can give you significance. Your 2019 doesn't have to look like a 2020. Your 2020 can be totally different. If you decide to allow Jesus into your life, your 2020 can be totally different because I know sometimes, some of us, we go through life and we feel insignificant. Right? I'm not by myself. Y'all better talk to me. Yeah. Sometimes as a parent, you feel insignificant. You're like, I watch these kids all day. I feed them all day, eating all my food, sleeping on my bed. I feel like I'm just here to take care of them. As an employee, you go to work and you feel insignificant because you have a boss or a manager who undermines what you do. But I love that their significance didn't come from what they did. Their significance came from who they met. And that's available to you today if you have never met them. We're going to jump to Matthew 2. We're going to have it up on the screen. It says in Matthew 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi, they were wise men. They were not kings. They were wise men. That means they studied the stars. They They studied astrology. They were looking at it because they were studying the old scriptures, trying to find where the Savior would be. It says It says Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that that when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, Where the Messiah was to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I want to give you guys some time frame on this, because I know this is preached uh, during the holiday, and everyone sets up their nativity, and they got shepherds and kings and, you know, things like that. But let me put some time frame This didn't, the wise men didn't show up when Jesus was born. They weren't in the picture. So, those nativity scenes, they're not lying to you. It's just artistic expression. But if you want to be really, really clear, you take those wise men and you put them on the shelf until two to three years later, and then they showed up. They were late to the party, okay? But they were searching. Two years later, they were searching. And the question is, did you find what you were looking for? And it says, it says, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. We know that's a lie. It says, after they heard the king, they went on their way. They presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Does anyone? I don't know if anyone ever has ever talked to you guys about the significance of those gifts. See, gold was fit for a king. We're giving him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense was fit for a priest because he was going to be the great shepherd, the King of Kings, the Great I Am, the Elohim. That—that's his name. He was the great priest, and myrrh was for the sacrifice. But imagine that, being, being Mary and seeing your child receive these gifts. It's okay. You'll get some gifts too. And seeing your child receive these gifts and you just ponder these things. You see, the magi, these wise men, they found what they were looking for. Because they were looking for an answer. And that is what they got. The shepherds were looking for significance, and that is what they got. These wise men were looking, and they were studying the stars, and they're saying, listen, we know that this star doesn't happen often, but this star is resting over this house. Like, we don't know what's going on, but we believe that when we get to this star, God's going to give us an answer. Some of you guys are looking for answers right now and you're looking it outside of the Bible and you're looking for it on Google and you're looking for answers on Facebook and you're asking your friends, why is this happening? Or you're asking people who, don't, who, who are so finite, why is this happening? And if you're looking for answers, the, the only place you need to look is in Jesus. They found their answer in Jesus. And you're like, Pastor, you can't find every answer in Jesus. Have you tried it? Have you tried it? Have you gone to him and said, God, I need an answer. I don't know what's going on. These men traveled from afar. It says that they were from Babylonia, like these were Babylonian wise men. They traveled a distance to find an answer. And I believe there are some of us in this room today that won't go the distance to look for Jesus. We won't look for him. We won't follow the star. We'll just say, you know what? I guess that star is there, but where do you, where, that's too far. I'm not going to go all the way over there. I'm not going to go there. I need answers, God. And the thing is, is that when they came up, like at this time, Jesus wasn't a baby. He was like two or three years old. But when they found him, it says that they, they were just overjoyed. They didn't even know, they didn't even know what they were overjoyed for when they got there. They just knew that they were following a star. In this walk, in this Christian walk, Christ is going to take you places that you don't understand where you're going. But when you meet Christ on that journey, you cannot walk away the same. You can't walk away with the same. All all the questions you have will be answered. All the doubts that you have, they won't automatically go away, but they'll start dissipating. But for these three men to say, you know what? We know at the end of this star is someone that, that history has been talking about, that the, old, the entire whole Old Testament has been talking about. Like, we, we know this has got to be something of significance. When the shepherds saw the Christ child, they gained significance. When the magi seen Jesus as a toddler, they found an answer. I I always thought about that, and I was just like, I wonder, after they met Jesus, if any of them were like, this validates the entire Old Testament. Everything is validated. Everything. Like what we studied in the Hebrew text, what we studied, what we've learned This he is the concrete answer to all of these questions. He is going to be the, like, there isn't any more questions. I wonder if they walk away and they were like, no, 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 this is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. Like, this is it. This is it. Like, all these doubts that we had and we thought, like, someone else wrote this. No, no, no. This was inspired by God because this child is it. Did you find what you were looking for? That's the question we should ask ourselves. That's a question I hope you ask your family. Did you find what you were looking for? Because there are a lot of people right now who are at Target, who are at Walmart, who are on Amazon, and they're looking for the perfect gift, and they're looking for this gift to, to give to someone. But see, everything, every gift that you give, even in the right sentiment, I love gift-giving and I love gift-receiving, family. Like, that's, that's a beautiful thing. But anything that you give in this earth has a time clock on it. At some point it will rust at some point it will break, at some point you'll need an upgrade, at some point you'll need to buy another one, but you have to understand, this Christmas season, you can give yourself Jesus, you can find Jesus, because that doesn't rust, that doesn't break, there's no end, he's always there when you need him, and he's always there when you thought you didn't. Amen. The best thing you can give Jesus this holiday is your heart. That's the gift, see, that's, that's the gift that he wants. He doesn't require much. He's not looking for much. He just wants your heart. He just wants to know, like, hey, are you with me? And I'm with you. Josh, if you don't mind coming up and playing. Are you guys with me? Say amen. Amen. I'm going to close in a couple minutes, and I don't mean, like, close in a couple minutes I and mean be like, yo, before, an hour later we're closing, like, you know, I mean, like, Seriously. We're going to turn to Luke 2. We're going to jump back. And we're going to jump to verse 22. And this is like one of my favorite parts. This, happens, uh, this happened uh, eight days after Jesus was born. So Luke 2, verse 22. It said, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Like, (laughs) I read that. I'm like, that would not fly today. You just can't take my child out of my hands. I don't know you. But Simeon took him. And he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles in glory of your people Israel. The child's father, and mother, marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause a falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. says there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel. I've messed up this name so many times. Penuel. Out of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband 70 years after her marriage and then as a widow until she was about 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking, looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. What a promise. And this is, this is the last point. So we have the shepherds who are looking for significance and found it. We have wise men who are looking for an answer and found it. And then we have an old man, Simeon. An old lady, Anna. Not like do you want to build a snowman, Anna, you know. She was old. It says she was with her husband. She was like 84 years old. It said that when Simeon saw it, that he grabbed the child and he was like, this is it, this is, this is it, this is it, this is, this is the savior of the world, this is what has been promised before time. And, and the way I imagine Simeon is like a really old dude, like, like people saw him as like, bro, when is it your time? Because like your teeth just falling out, like what's going on, bro? And he's like, yo, I'm ready to go, but the lord said he made this promise to me he said i'm not gonna pass until i see the consolation of israel until i see the consolation of israel you see i hope you guys find i hope some of us find what simeon was looking for in this season simeon he was looking for hope Because imagine being that age, waking up every single day and going to the temple and being like, is this the day? Is this the day? Am I going to find Jesus? Is Is this the day the Savior walks in? Is this the day that, that Jesus walks into my life? Is this the moment when he walks into my marriage? Is this the moment when he walks into my relationship? Is this the moment when Jesus walks into my job? Is today the day because every day I'm going to show up with hope and I'm just believing that I'm going to see the salvation of my coworker. I'm going to see the salvation of my spouse. I'm going to see the salvation of my kids. And I'm not going to give up hope. God, don't let my eyes close. Please don't let my eyes close without seeing the salvation of my family. He was looking for hope and he and he held on to that hope. And God rewarded him. He found what he was looking for. Guys, whatever you're looking for this holiday season, if it's if it's in the earthly, if it's in the physical, it's going to grow old. There's an expiration day. But my hope this for you, this holiday season, is that you go through and you find your hope in Jesus. My prayer for you is that God won't let you rest won't let you end out 2019 until you've made and delighted yourself in him, until he becomes your single focus, until he becomes your joy. But if you've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, there's one thing that all three of these people have in common. There's one thing, one thing that, that the shepherds have in common, that the magi have in common, that Simeon and Anna have in common. It says it right there. When we read each and every one, it says that when they met Jesus, when they saw him, they all walked over away with joy. They all walked away with joy. They were all overjoyed. It says the shepherds were overjoyed that they started to tell people. That the wise men were overjoyed. That they left a different route. And that Simeon and Anna, they were overjoyed. That they sang a song and they started talking to people in the temple. This is what we were looking for. So you know what that tells me this holiday season? I don't know what you're looking for and I hope you find it. But just know that when you find Jesus, you will walk away with joy. That's a promise. You're gonna walk away with joy. That's the dirty Santa game. That's the white elephant. Is that you're looking for him, and you're searching for him, and you're like, God, I'm trying to find you in my marriage. I'm trying to find you in my relationship. I'm trying to find you at my job. I need to find you in my life. And he will meet you there. He will meet you there. And then he's going to trade all of His, all of your sorrows. He's going to say, give me your sorrows. I'm going to give you joy. Anytime you walk away from an encounter in Christ, you're going to walk away with joy. You're going to walk away with joy. What a game. When you meet Jesus, he will give you significance, and you will gain joy. When you meet Jesus, he will be your answer, and you will find joy. When you meet Jesus, he will be your hope, and you will have joy. When you meet Jesus, he'll take away your sorrow, and you will have joy. It's a promise. We w- <laughs> Listen, for Tasha and I, some of you guys know, it's been a rough year for us. 2019 has been the hardest year I saw the meme on Facebook. It's like 2019 said, did you die though? And I was like, almost. But I can think throughout the year, throughout 2019, I can think in this holiday season that I'm like, you know what? I didn't die. And in those hardest moments, there was joy because Jesus was there. Instead of wrapping another gift Give your kids joy. Some of your kids just want to see a happy parent. All right? And I don't know if I'm talking to you, and I don't know who's listening to this podcast. Listen, during this Christmas season, over another gift, they just want to see joy in their mom and dad. And if you're a child, or you you have parents, and your parents are still living, they just want to see joy in you. They're trying to do everything they can. They're trying to, you know what, let's get them this gift. Maybe this will make them happy. Let's get them this gift and maybe they'll be happy with me. No, for parents, guess what? They just want to see joy in their child. They want to be able to like, this is great, but I just have this joy unspeakable that's within me. And it's like, what happened? What changed? I met Jesus. All these other people met Jesus and they were years apart. The shepherds were at the birthday party. Simeon and Anna showed eight days later. The wise men showed up two years, three years later. But that just tells me, no matter what point you meet Jesus in your life, you can be as young as eight years old, you can be as young as eight years old, and you could be as old as 90-something years old, but at no matter what point you meet Jesus, he will give you joy. He's going to give you joy. And if Christ is in you, If Christ is your Savior, if you've sat here or in a church or somewhere and you've accepted Christ into your heart, that joy is within you. And before you give someone a physical gift, before you give someone an earthly gift, before you spend the money, really pray about it and be like, God, who can I give joy to this holiday season? Who can I give Jesus to this holiday season? Listen, the present isn't what you put in the box. The present is who you have in your heart. That's the gift. That's the gift. That's what people want. Imagine having a friend over, a family member over and saying, "You know, some of you guys are old numbers." It's just like, "I can't give you gifts, but listen, can I can we just talk? Can we just sit down? Yeah, grab some eggnog. Not the spiked one. You don't need that. But listen. Let me talk to you. This year's going by. It went by real quick. And I, I you, You know we broke, broke. But I just want to share Jesus with you. Can I share Jesus with you? Listen, I know we have our mess. Our family's weird and crazy. Who grew up in a crazy family? Amen, hallelujah. So I got a lot of weird people in here. But what would that look like if we just shared Jesus? Man, let's enjoy each other's company. I don't know what has you down this holiday season. You know, depression is high during the holiday season. It goes untalked about. Sadness is high during the holiday season. But Jesus was just wrapped in cloths, laying in a manger. And he didn't give out any. His his presence alone had these people walking away in joy. So if his presence... his very very clothing of the human body. If his presence could bring joy to these people, imagine what it can do today. Imagine someone's life you can change today. Imagine what 2020 can look like. We're going to walk into 2020 with joy, people. You know? You know when you go on vacation and your mom's like, you're going to be happy! Not that kind of this. We're going to walk into 2020 and just say, man, God, a lot of people took their final breath in 2019, but I'm going to choose joy in 2020. I'm not going to be that miserable coworker. I'm not going to be that naggy, annoying spouse. I'm not going to be that miserable child because I didn't get what I wanted. That's not who I'm going to be. I'm going to choose joy. Because if Christ is in me, who could be against me? And if Christ is in me, I bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. So Joy. Say it to your neighbor. Say joy. Everyone stand with me. We're going to pray out 2019 as a family. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to PioneerChurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening, and God bless you.